1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday,
0: I will call upon you
1: to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the
0: family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
2: Peacock streaming the biggest live events from Super Bowl 56 to complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. It's all the unbelievable Sports to love. Sign up now at peacock TV.com. Mirror Mane, You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror Mane. Good morning and welcome. To a glorious edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I think I've just blown the mic, but my word, Arsenal, first away win at Old Trafford in 14 years, first away win against the big six club in five years. Guys, this is the—is this the greatest day ever?
1: Well, it's the greatest day of the season so far. Okay, uh, all right, too
2: far, too far. How about that? How about that? Oh, that, that that works for me. I'm very excited. I've been, uh, I've been itching to get on this podcast all day. Ash, how do you feel? How do you feel over
0: there? I, uh, oh, no, it's very exciting. I hadn't quite realized it was as long as 14 years. And there's one of two reasons for that. One is either I stopped counting or the other one is I still think it's 2012. Both are probably valid, but no, it's uh, great to get the hoodoo off the back. Uh, I think it fills the guy's full of confidence, doesn't it?
2: It certainly does. I mean, I must have been about ten years old when uh, when, when we last we last won there, right, guys?
1: Exactly. Uh? Yeah.
2: Exactly. You're, 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 Definitely. You're, you're aging well. You're aging I'm, well. I'm, I'm aging a dream. Uh, so uh, jokes aside, um, I think that there's a lot to get through in the game. So this week uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk the good, the bad, and the ugly. And obviously, um, there's going to be a lot of good to talk about. But you know, there, there are there are still teething problems um, that we can go through. So um, let's um, let's start off on a positive topic. We're going to go to the good. We've got our spine back. What do, we yeah. think, what do we think of that as a, as a top-level topic there, guys?
1: Well, I think, um, I think it's obviously an important one, but I think one thing just to mention before we get into the spine was that from the very first second of the game, you could tell we were up for it. And, uh, and I think that's a really, really important point because I think I texted you, Pete, after about four minutes in, going, really good start, albeit only <laughs> four minutes in. Um, but you could immediately see that we were sharp into tackles. Uh, we were up for the game, um, and obviously now that we're developing this really strong spine through the team. I mean, uh, Leno, Gabriel, Partey, and Obama Yang, thats a proper spine. Um, and when you think back that a year ago, it was uh, Mustafi and uh, Xhaka were making up half of that spine. You can you can instantly see the uh
2: the progress we're making ash what what were your top top line thoughts of the of the game and just in general i think,
0: i think matt's uh, matt's point a very fair one i think um it, it felt like there was a real purpose about what they were doing and they they believed in it um i was it a, a 10 out of 10 performance i think in the context of where we are yes uh in the context of where we want to be probably not uh and to be fair, United were pretty bad. But you know, three points away from home at Old Trafford is three points away at half You can only beat the team that's put in front of you. Uh, yeah. And they've done that. And
2: and, and you know what? I, I do think that there is a difference um, between a, a bad Man United performance and a, and the performance that we saw from them that weekend. Because I, I, I would say that that was uh, a bad United performance because we completely nullified all of their strengths. I don't think it was, you know, Man United showing up and, uh, or, or not showing up. I think the, we just got our tactics spot on. I don't think, um, OGS really had a, had a plan out of it. I mean, Matt, I don't know. Was it you that told me that Paul Pogba said after the game that he wasn't expecting to be marked out of the game in the way that he was.
1: You know who reminded me of, I don't know. Do you remember those, uh, those Cup Winners' Cup games in the early 90s, and George Graham used to go and put Martin Keogh in the midfield just to man-mark someone. Yeah.
0: yeah, away it, from and home. And, and you got and, and you nick it once at home. It, it's a good point.
1: And, you know? it, and, uh, and, it, and who would have thought, <clears throat> we're bringing back the, the George Graham days, man-marking. I mean, I haven't seen anyone man-mark anyone in, in a long time, but we basically put... Uh, put men on on their mid, on their central midfielders, and the response—I mean, they they just couldn't get their head around it. Um, so you know, I remember a few years ago. I don't know. I think it was um, when Van, when. Um, Van Percy went to United, and it was his first game back. And they were talking about uh, how uh, you know Rooney was playing a particular role where he was pressurising the centre back, and Sir Alex Ferguson had instructed him to do it. And being so jealous that there was a coach who would actually apply sort of tactical strategies to single games to try and influence them. And I love the fact that um, we are um, changing our strategy, changing our approach. Um, looking at what teams have done recently, surprising them—I uh, mean, it's it's good stuff, right?
0: It felt like we did what Leicester did to us to them. So that kind of makes sense. Not necessarily yeah. as kind of as as brutally, because I I don't think Leicester had much of an intent to go out and score. I think we did, which is t- slightly different from that perspective. But it, it, from everything you've just said, man, that's pretty impressive. And let's just remember still the uh, we are now officially the best defense in the league
2: I, and you, you know there were there were a lot of people kind of snarking at that defensive record before the game there's a few of those uh, stats tweet tweet handles that were complaining about that we're not we're not just the best defensive record in the league now with the best defensive record league, having played Liverpool City, Leicester United, West Ham who put a few goals past uh, Leicester City. Um, so it's, it, you know, I, I feel like we're in, um, I feel like we're in really positive shape um, at the moment. And it's, re- it's really exciting to know that you can shut up shop um, and, and shut down a team with as many creative outlets as United because Man United, you know, I watched them against Leipzig in the week and though it wasn't you know, probably not worth the 5-0 performance that they had, they still turned over a Champions League semi-finalist team 5-0 and um, they still have a lot more exciting attacking players than we do at the moment and they can be devastating and for us to lock them out with a training match of Dundalk in between was, was something else. But
1: Isn't it, isn't it interesting that, that there's been so much talk around uh, you know, Mikel Arteta and his tactical acumen. And um he's basically just doing
0: George Graham from 20 years ago. Brilliant. But if we'd all said to him, turn up, solidify the defense, and worry about the attack afterwards, everyone would have said yes. I mean... <laughs>
1: and and get rid of the fan get rid of the fancy dance. Uh you know, Staffi and the... Jack
0: are on in the side. I mean, we're getting what we want at the end of
1: the Ozil. day. to Charlie Nicholas and uh Oh, and all we need now is uh, a man in HMP.
2: Okay, and then, um, you know I don't feel that we've really covered the spine in a lot of uh, detail there. But I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to um, a tactical manoeuvre that maybe not a lot of people were expecting. But uh, Arteta dropped Granite Jacker. That's a mainstay, a player that he seems to really love. Um, I don't think it was related to, you know, the the, the error that he had against Leicester, but I think there were a few raised eyebrows about Mo Elneny. Um, he's the like a new signing signing of this season. I think everybody expected him to come back and uh, you know, get get a permanent transfer to someone like Bolton Wanderers this summer. It didn't happen. He came, uh, and you know what I love about uh, Moel Nenny coming into the side. That Arteta basically used the Dundalk game in the Europa League as a test run to see if Moel Nene could, you know, do what he was going to do. Um, he he pressed like a demon against Dundalk. He didn't let anybody, you know, get past twenty yards outside their own area. Um, he dropped deep a lot and. He just did all of the basics really simply, and I think he was a bit of a crab merchant before, but I thought the observation that he'd added a little bit of verticality to his game i mean he, he, when he fancies it he can he can make a pass so all of a sudden we've gone from having this immobile midfield, and then mo moel nenny and thomas Party come in two midfielders, and they control the the entire match i mean phenomenal, what do we think of moel nenni is is he Is he that sort of midfielder that Liverpool has? Where you're like, they're not like Henderson, Alden. I mean, obviously there's got to be a world-class something about them, but you can't quite pinpoint it. Is it athleticism, great attitude and fitness? Tell me, talk to me about Moe Onemi. I
1: I think we need to see him in a few more games before we can make those types of
2: judgment. Um No, we're gonna talk about Mo O'Neill like okay. he has I mean,
0: solved our problems right now. <laughs> okay. Well, now, here's the deal. Maybe he's he's played Granite there and he's played Mo there, and they played one game each alongside uh our party man, and I think when you think about it on and you look at the last two games, Mo complements party better than Granite does, because you can tell Mo to stay back and he will. Granit will still want the forward and want to do other things, and maybe they want party to be that box to box midfielder and still have that protection at the back. Some of the passing was really
1: surprising, though. That for- lot of forward passing, um, very tidy. You know, I mean, he's been guilty of a lot of sideways passing, El um, Nelly, hasn't he? But, but yesterday was a was a different. It was it was like he'd been liberated a little
2: bit. Yeah, I I I thought that. I thought that Thomas Parse signing was interesting because everybody assumed that he was this kind of limited player. And I think that, you know, we, you know, we read our ex scout, I can't say his name, Kajigaya. Can 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 catch catch it, can it, yeah. It's just Kaj, 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 Kaj. Kaj, Kaj Kaj was someone that
0: played for Argentina, wasn't he?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it, so it, Kaj, as we will call him today, basically said that um, uh, the Arsenal scouts reckon there's a lot more to his game than meets the eye and that he's been limited by Simeone. And I, I, I thought that that kind of sounded a little bit like when United fans are like, if we sign this player, it will unleash Pogba. But I don't know. I kind of felt like El Nenny was the bagman for Thomas Partey and together they kind of, it, it, it looked interesting and we know that Thomas Partey can do it in big games. There's no doubt about it. Like he's not going to have a problem in the premier league. The question was whether Mo it's easy to do it against Dundalk. They're basically a pub team, but could he do it on a cold, a cold winter's night in Old Trafford? And the answer was a resounding yes. I was, I was, I was also told the, the, um, that the, the players completely acknowledge that he you know he was one of the best players so um I think that the the feelings mutual can is is he a solve is this a solve to um the athleticism that we don't have in Granite Jacker, or do you just think that this is a tactical selection and things will change game by game?
1: I think it's a tactical selection more because Ceballos can be a really really classy player. And I think it would yeah. be nice to find a way for him to play in more games. Although he he really does blow hot and cold. Um, he never never seems to really kick on um, the way you feel he's got the potential to. Um, so I think I think that they're all going to be rotated. Um, so uh, yeah, I think um, it's good to have him in the mix. And I don't know. Do you remember when we stumbled across the uh, Coquelin? Cazorla or Coxola a few years ago <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and then they became like that you know that, that always used to happen with thing or used to stumble across a pairing and then play them half a season and get top four uh maybe Coxola. maybe this is uh
0: I don't think anybody <laughs> thinks this is the long-term solution um I think he's going to make it as far as he can with what he's got until he can get the person he wants. And that's nothing against those two players. I mean, they are, you can't fault for all his sins, right? I'm not going to fault Granite for effort. Um, no, Maywell, I agree with and, that. And and Alden and, and either. He's come back thinking, I'm never going to play here again. He's had a shirt <laughs> number taken off him. He's probably packed his bags and all of a sudden he's like, well, what? I'm not going back to the sunshine. I've got to stick out here and play on the sit on the bench if I can make the bench, you know. So, uh, look, uh, time will tell. We've got to keep doing this every week. That's the key: consistency, consistency, consistency. Right?
1: But you know, there is always um, there's, there hasn't been one for a while because we've been so fucking terrible. Um, but there is always room for a cult hero. Yeah, in, 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 oh, in, yeah. in, 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 in any team, and I wonder if uh, Moel Energy is the new energy. It's oh. going to be, it's going to be the new cult hero for Arsenal. You know, cause, cause he's got, we haven't had one for a while, while have we? He's, he's got all the characteristics. He doesn't stop running. You can't have a cult. You can't have a lazy cult hero.
2: So that's he absolutely true.
1: He doesn't stop running. You know, that 91st minute press, that's the stuff cult heroes are made of. And he's, uh, he's fast. A, he's actually yeah, fast. He's actually not a bad player. And, um, and he's got something to prove.
0: We paid quite a bit for him as well back in the day, didn't we? No, and that was in the day when I we think were think paying, not l- paying much
2: for players. Aaron? I think I think he was I think he was a, a fairly low fee player, and I I, I, I like that he doesn't do anything he doesn't do anything spectacularly well. But I think that we need an engine player. I think that we've needed somebody that can cover a lot of ground and do the basics. I mean, uh, Flamini had a brilliant engine, but outside that, it was all. Pretty garbage, but I feel I, like he's, he's good at pointing. He was great at pointing and um, saving the world with renewable energies. But I, I do think the Moel Nenny. If if you can get Thomas Party doing the bits that Granite Jack is good at, as well as the bits that he's not good at, then having a Moel Nenny next to um, Party makes sense moving forward. I mean, I still think that there'll be a lot of rotation that goes on through the season. You know, um, just on that. Coughlin, uh point. Um, I, I don't know how true it is, but I was told that the reason that we passed on Angola Kante was that Arsenal thought that they had the best tackler in Europe in Cocalin and the best uh, progressive passer in Granite Jacker, and they thought that as a combination, that was a, a winning combo, so they passed on Kante. <laughs> that's like no I had him at the training ground apparently anyway sorry to depress you <laughs> sorry to
0: everyone's got cousin. do you remember Alex Song everyone was oh god he came through the ranks we had to call, recall Alex Song from a loan period at Charlton we were that short of players Had he played himself into the side yeah yeah and, and Charlton really Big one those days, I but
1: he wasn't. Was. He he did a good job, Alex Song, and then he went to Barcelona. Yeah. And, and then now he went to West Ham, and no um, he is anymore. Ash, Ash, Ashley Cole was was at Palace. Was probably going to get sold to Palace and came back and uh, yeah. became
0: right. first first left back. I yeah, about I Alex think Song in the same breath as Ashley Cole, to be honest. But there we go. In terms I of playing back.
2: ability, I, it all went wrong for Alex Song when Vinga said he's a little bit like Sesk because Robin Van Persie finished, finished a couple of his uh, like, I, was,
0: I actually watched those yesterday.
2: Robin Van Persie. What a great player. Anyway, back to the, like, I've got a, I've, I've, I've got an agenda today and we've got to get through it. And you guys are pulling me off. Okay. you you carry up And so the, uh, another, another good, um, I've kind of touched on it a little bit. I want a, a lot of, a lot of people actually not just me. I wrote, I was like, the thing that I like about that Man United win is it shows that Mikel Arteta learned his lesson, right? He learned his lesson against Leicester. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, did Mikel Arteta learn a lesson or did he just continue doing what he's doing? And it paid off. You know, we're a fine margins team and we've played three games of chess and we've lost three games but yesterday he played the game of chess and, and we pulled it off we didn't we didn't concede a goal so do we, do we think he learned a lesson do we think that things improved or do we think that that was just more of the same and it went our way it's a big question
1: I, mean, I personally thought we were much more at it than the, the, the intensity was there and it felt more like the games we played in the FA Cup against City against Chelsea than it did any of the other league games we played this season in that, it just had that little bit. We just had that little extra edge, you know. We were really hungry for it, um, and I just didn't see that against Leicester in the same way. Um, so I think a little bit of just like I think we knew we had to win. I mean, we were, we were three wins and three defeats, and you know, if it goes the other way and it's three wins and four defeats, it's a pretty pretty terrible start. Whereas now we're you know it's just, it feels like a decent enough start to to the to, to the league so um, I think there was a lot of motivation a lot of drive more than more than at Leicester um, you know I think just the the, the man marking thing and the, you know I think he, he he takes a different approach for every opponent um, which I think is interesting and um, yeah it's uh, very very positive I think
2: Ash what did you think did, did Arteta learn or did he just double down on, on his system
0: I oh, know. I think he, I think he learned, but I, I, I don't think it was as uh, that he's learned as ex- sort of in such a big way that we're sort of pointing it out. I think it's an incremental improvement that he's made. Um, I think they felt. I think they really felt it after the Leicester game in a way that you wouldn't normally feel it after the fourth or fifth game of the season if you drop points, right? So I think there's a bit of that. The interesting. <laughs> I thought about this a bit yesterday and I don't know whether this is absolute horseshit or it's uh, uh, there's something in it, which is um, obviously Lewis is injured uh, and he started holding yesterday, which I think is, I think that's his first choice center half pairing, if I'm completely honest Uh, and he dropped granite. And if you look at our two most error prone players in the last season to do, it's those two, right? Yeah. And and they weren't, they weren't on the pitch. And does that is that some some kind of subconscious thing for all the other players that they're not worried about these things as much and they can actually play? I don't know. I mean, the only sort of psychological qualification I've got is I've seen a lot of Frazier, so probably not the right person to answer that. <laughs> question. I think I
1: think that's a, I think that's a brilliant point, though. That, that uh, you know, we t- we tend to like have slightly rose-tinted glasses because we sort of quite like David Luiz, but I mean, he makes a lot of mistakes. Way too many mistakes for, for for a decent team. He'll he'll let you down as much as he'll um, he'll do right by you. Um, and and Xhaka are the same. Like they're both good players who make a lot of mistakes. And um and and I think the point around holding. I mean, I thought holding was excellent. And I think he was Tessa excellent. Luck. Yeah, he was. And I think, and I think, I think just, him and Gabriel play
0: together so well. I think and he, and he's just like
1: and he's just coming good. And it's you know it's been a. A long road for him, but I think Arteta is impressed. I think, and just being able to move to a back four is just
0: makes us, gives us so many more options if we can have a good back four. Holdings, you know, only just turned 25, by the way. You you know, no, they, that, yeah, no. That, 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 that hairline, that hairline of his, does not look like it's that, just that aerial <laughs> shot from the spider cam over him. Was yeah, complimentary. I think advanced uh, advanced hair studios will be in touch for a deal. Yes,
2: you've got enough money there. Just get down there, get those <laughs> pills going. Yeah, <laughs> I, I i i think the i i think that he did do some work behind the scenes. Um, I, I think the 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 Europa League acting as like a creative sandbox. To test out strategies is going to be pretty interesting because we've got a really weak Europa League group, in my opinion. But I thought we saw—I thought there was a lot more intention and purpose in the way that um, that we attacked. And you know, even in the Dundalk game, we were pretty shit going forward. If you're perfectly honest, but we were trying to put balls into the final third. Whereas I kind of felt against Leicester, particularly in the second half. We were so, it almost looked like we were overtrained. It was like, um, we were restrictive. It was like nobody wanted to make a mistake. And in the end, we got sucker punched. But you kind of felt like, um, even in the United game, uh, where we had two shots on target all game, which is not good enough. But that kind of disguised the quality of some of the opportunities, like the little back heel for William. Mm. Um, William finishes that if he's playing for Chelsea. Um, Lacazette. Um, playing in Aubameyang. When does Aubameyang miss chances like that? And even, um, you know, you can tell Aubameyang's not quite at the races. There was a ball that that came in at the back post. Aubameyang of last season would have just had a, a yeah. stru- struck at it, but instead it just touched his foot and he wasn't quite sharp enough. So I do think that we we gambled a little bit more. It's still not perfect, but I, I, I think that um, everything that we see generally... Arteta sees, and it might take him a couple of extra games to really work out uh, a way around it. But I think the point that you made about the psychological difference between um, having Mustafi, Luis, and Jacker in the side and not might be playing a role because, like David Luis, for all of the 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 beauty in his career, he is quite mentally fragile. Like if you know, you, you talked about. How many tackles
0: tackles in the box where Gabriel was running alongside a United player? Did he make yesterday? And I can think of three or four off the top of my head where he played the ball perfectly every time, didn't go to ground. There was no chance of... I mean, you know Luis is giving one of those away as a penalty in every game. Ash,
2: another amazing point because, uh, I, you know, like talking about... I was just about to say, David Luis is mentally weak, right? You... You know, after 35 seconds, what sort of a game he's going to have every single time. And just let's talk about Rob Holding uh, and Gabriel got yellow cards on 25 and 27 minutes against Mike Dean away at Old Trafford. And no one made a mistake for the rest of the game. But the intensity didn't let up. I mean, that tackle, was it on Harry Maguire? Yeah, it was phenomenal absolutely phenomenal defending and the aggression. I just, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm so impressed. And I, I think that if Rob holding was called, you know, Barbosa, the third, and he was from 100%. Holland, we'd be looking at that performance and saying that that was incredible. His pa- past completion was 90%. He made all the right tackles. He was dominant in the air. Um, I, I really hope that Rob holding makes it this season. Um, because you know, he really repaid the faith yesterday. um, So I I just wanted to, um, you know, before we leave the good, uh, I just wanted to talk about the culture because is it, you know, we all work at big corporations or Matt, you're running a startup culture, obviously at the core of all of these sorts of businesses. And it sometimes sounds a little bit like we're talking bullshit when we talk about like building a winning culture at a club. Um, You know, when you build a culture, you have a set of principles that you hold people accountable to. And if they don't meet uh, those principles, then there is some sort of punishment or re- response to that. And I I think one of the principles that Arteta has, that all great managers have, you know, even you know, Alex Ferguson back in the day is be ready, always be ready to put on the shirt and perform. Now, Arsene Wenger back in the day, if you weren't in his starting 11, you didn't play. And then when someone got injured, players were demotivated and then they come in and they wouldn't be quite Right. I've really enjoyed the fact that it doesn't really matter what composition we're playing in, everybody puts on that shirt and they fight for it. Dundalk, everybody was gunning for their place, everybody was motivated. And seeing um, Rob Holding coming back early from an injury after one training session and playing like that, I don't know, like, do, uh, do, do you, do, am I just imagining this because I really like Arteta, but it feels like there's a, <laughs> Up more focus throughout the squad
1: well you know what they say right culture comes from the top um and you know it if your if your leader behaves in a certain way then it tends to filter all the way through an organization and i think arteta has that intensity he has that drive he has that determination and i think it's infectious um and i think that there's nothing that he's asking the players to do that he wouldn't do for himself um and he's setting the standards really high every he's got buy-in from everyone you know you heard, look at the way obama Yang talks about him i mean he loves him um and i think that and i think that people are like and 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 i think what's happening is i think there's a there's a lot of excitement still to happen this season cuz there's one player i think is going to i I don't know why, I've just got a feeling he's really going to come good this season, and that's Reese Nelson, because every time he gets a chance in a small game, he is, he want, he clearly wants it so bad. And I just think that's that spot on the right side of the attack is up for grabs, and I think before the end of the season, he could make it his.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I think it's hard to disagree with that, but uh, just to add, I think he's set an example. If you're not going to do this this way... <sighs> There are other options for you. Go and have a look at Meza Erzun and see what he's doing. <laughs> Tweeting. I mean, that's your turn. Can, you can come out and play your heart out and have a career here, or you can just, that's it, you know, game over. I think the Reese Nelson thing's interesting because he was clearly going to let him go, as with Holding, right? He was going to let them both go on yeah. bone, or bit, you know, but they've both come back and proved. And I think the Holding one was after a game, wasn't it? He was like, I changed my mind. I wasn't going to let him go to Newcastle. By the way, I don't think it would have been a bad thing for him to go to Newcastle at all and get a full season under, um, uh, you know, in the Premier League. But um, yeah, I think I think he's I think this is one of his non negotiables, right? And I think that's how he's created the culture. Well, he's also uh,
1: seems to seems to not mind being proven wrong. Like Holding's proven him wrong. Um, he said he was basically wrong with about Saliba. He yep. came out last week yep. and said he, he fucked up. Uh, and so I think that's also encouraging because it tells any player: if you work hard, you can get in my team.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, nothing's irreversible, right? I mean, and that's the point. There's always a way back, and I think that's probably why the Urzel thing has gone as far as it has. I think probably we all talk about what Urzel's doing. We don't actually think about about the Mikel side of all this, which is he's got to know him. He's played with him. He's played with him when he's at his peak. He's relied on him early doors, but. I think he's probably feeling let down and that's why he's pushed it in that direction. Um, anyway, not to get onto that subject, but there we go.
2: Yeah. So I, I, I um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys and I, I, it just goes to show like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll not know what happened with Meza Erzl until Arteta writes a really shit book in 50 years. Um, and does a press tour,
0: but it is, um, who will be it, the Arsenal it, manager then? Will Will Arteta have been sacked after 25 <laughs> years? Which the first is successful?
2: Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a thought. But yeah, <laughs> I just, it just goes to show you though, that, that, you know, the fact that Arteta is, doesn't have entrenched opinions, I think is a sign of, um, is a sign of good leadership, but it also shows you what a wrong and, uh, Matteo Guendozi was and what a wrong and Meza yeah. must have been post break. So um yeah so I, I think the I think the culture I, I think and you know what you know what else makes a, a great culture? Winning. Right? <laughs> Proving out that these principles and this extra effort that I'm going to actually pays off because I, I, I think the you know anything where you're creating something, you know, if you don't win um people's belief gets shaken and i think that four you know fourth loss in the league might have started to shake the foundations a little bit so i'm really glad um i'm really glad that we won so uh, uh, before i leave the good does anybody have anything else that they would like to bring up maybe about that kit Do you like the kit
0: the human the human race one you like the human race one you bought that i bar. like the human race one i wanted to buy one but i woke up too late and didn't get it the white and red kit they were playing I just fucking hate that kit
1: you don't have the red kit can
0: we just can we just have a yellow away kit every season and a red home kit I I'm like, I'm quite I'm quite set in place there you're, you're now. a traditionalist <laughs>
2: you're a purist
0: I don't like your blue away back, kit bring back yeah. bring bring back Highbury no god no god, I don't, don't mind <laughs> I,
1: don't, I don't mind the blue third kit as well I thought yeah. yesterday was our third kit
2: the blue I, kits are away I, kit I, I now love it, though, no, because uh, oh. we won won Old Trafford in you know? it. Yeah,
0: that's
1: bad. We should have a yellow-white kit. You're right. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Oh, it's going to be bruised banana. It's going to make a comeback next year. Bring it on. I, I don't. It's my favorite kit. Yeah, them. I will lose my mind if that happens. Yes. <laughs> um, right, okay. So let's get on to the bad. And I feel like the maybe the when we talk about the bad today, it's like when you talk about your bad points in an interview, <laughs> they're kind of good points. Let's see if we can make that happen. Um, let's... Let's start on, but like my my bad is, I thought that the uh, I thought that everything worked up a, up to Partey and Nene. and then above, I, I felt that maybe we didn't get our best performances from players you expect your best performances from. I thought that Saka, William, Lacazette, and Aubameyang didn't have their best performances yesterday. And the one the player that probably takes the most flack because he, you know, he's the sort of go-to, not hate figure, but he's the go-to, like ugh, he's Lacazette. Mac- I think it's um, yeah, Lacazette. Now, I think that the one thing that Lacazette lacks, which costs him all of the bad press, is he's he's not a physical specimen. He's not an athlete. Because I think he does a lot of stuff really, really well. Um, what you know? What did you guys make of the performance yesterday of Lacazette?
1: Well, before i let Ash talk about Lacazette, but there's there's one thing that I I, I think we're really missing, and I, I I can't imagine saying this, but we we are crying out for a target man, like a modern target man, um, and it made me. <laughs> Maybe yeah, a little bit for, for for a sort of an Olivier Giroud figure, but I think we could do a bit better than that. But like a tall, mobile, your esque that type of player who can really like rough up defenders away from home, ball sticks can play with the feet. Um, and I think that as soon as that one one of those players becomes available in the market, that's the type of striker we should be we should be looking into because um, the ball doesn't stick. Um, and I think and I think that would that's that's definitely something that we should be we should be looking at.
2: Ash, what did you think of uh, Lacazette's performance specifically yesterday?
0: Matt, you and I texted you in the game about this. There's just like, he's having a terrible game. And I think he's having a terrible game in the context of being the focal point of your attack. I think you put in a shift defensively, and I don't think you can fault him for that. But... Um, uh, it's hard to disagree with that he's not in that position. And if you wanted someone to just be able to run around and track back and then perhaps do a bit more as well, then you may as well start Eddie or someone else, you know? Um, uh, it's tough, right? Cause I'm really, uh, there's nothing about the Blake to dislike at all. Um, and I think we keep judging him because he's, he's actually, we've seen him play brilliantly. We've seen him score goals. Um I think if you're going to accuse him of, of a bad performance yesterday, I think William has to be on a par with the way he played yesterday, to be honest. Um, I think it was harder to get Saka into the game because just of the way the game was. And we were just very, very drilled and disciplined. But, um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I don't, it's hard to see Laka being on this side beyond this season. If that's the way, you know, if, if all things, Permit, you know, COVID and, well, well, and all those Con- kinds
1: of things. Is, is his contract up at the end
0: of this year? He's got I think, two seasons I left. Think he's got he? two seasons left at 180k se- a week. Two seasons, including this is the first of those two seasons as we that we're yeah. in. Yeah. Kind of so you know, it's difficult with uh, lack of as well. You feel like if it
2: was back in the day and it was little and large up front, and you know he could play off. He could play off a striker in sort of a, four, a traditional Have, 4 traditional four 2 did, but even then he's not all, f-
0: that fast. Didn't we all think when Oba arrived that it would be Laka down the left and Oba in the middle? I think we thought Laka wasn't going to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is that, I suppose. <laughs> well, we, had, we, had, uh, we had a working Mesut in those days, I think. I think working Mesut.
2: <laughs> I think you just need... You, we need a... We need a specialist, don't we? You even need to have a an aguero type that's explosive over short distances and great in tight spaces. Or, you like a, a, an Adebayor, or dare I say it, an Olivier Giroud in this Arsenal side would probably be quite functional.
1: Very yeah, useful. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I was right. Adebayor was so great because he could do everything, he was a monster,
2: and he was fast. Yeah.
1: He was an absolute monster. Yeah, outrageous we,
2: player.
1: We he became unplayable, and then and then he wanted to leave, and then he, he nothing was set up for him the way it was. But at Arsenal, he he literally could have scored forty goals
0: to season. He was like a dropper. Um, he was, and I I was thinking about again. I was watching some old goals and stuff yesterday after the game, but I was I was just sort of thinking about the time we signed him in a a January transfer window alongside someone quite excited Theo who it was, Theo that's right and we all thought oh this is well for the future and he immediately does an interview while he's you know on a plane over to us and said no he's bought he's told me I'm playing this season I'm here to play but, was, but I mean, no he, development. I mean I, and he went straight and he was just, he was brilliant well yeah
1: in that end of the season he couldn't kick a ball straight he would literally kick a ball and it would just go somewhere else and then he just he, he he got up to speed very very quickly and uh, oh, oh, it was a oh, year. It took a year, but by the
0: end of the season, yeah. he was top top top. He was player. an intelligent he was an intelligent player. I mean, on the field, outside of the fucking four short like, lines. <laughs> in <the> Thierry <laughs> Thierry
2: Henry was not good for Adibayou. Do you remember the Thierry glare? Yeah.
0: Yeah. His first touch was his fourth or something. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but look, if we go back if we go back years, we go back to Vega's first season or whatever, we talk about the glory days. Yeah, Thierry's a, a unique, but we always had someone alongside that was a very different type of football. Like you had Carno, right? You had, there was always someone that had a different style or approach that you could bring in and change that game. And I think we don't at the moment with Lacroix, and I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah. I think, by the way, we're all very, very harsh on Giroud. He scored a, a decent number of goals for us. He's still playing. He's won a fucking World Cup as well, by the and way. And he's bloody, handsome. He, he's bloody he, handsome. he is. And he
2: never won yeah. a leave. No, but actually, you know, but the problem with Giroud is that because he had no pace. Well, actually, maybe the whole side had no pace. Everybody could press up against us. I mean, I think that that was more of a system issue than just him. But I I would, if, I would if, give me a Robin Van Persie or an Adebayor or a Jewelry. Right. I,
0: I brought it up. If, it's my fault. If you had to write down, sort of, I don't know how you do this. If you had to name <laughs> one footballer at Arsenal, one striker at Arsenal that you thought was going to score a Scorpion in the last 25 years, he is not anywhere near the top fucking 10 on that list. But he he
2: did, he, he did <laughs> score some fucking good goals as well, didn't he? He really did. He
0: really did.
2: Yeah, I think there were a lot of great players that were wasted in shitty <laughs> systems with Arsene Wenger. Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, right. oh, um, so uh, uh, let's uh, let's uh, you know, let's just continue uh, the thread of the front three. I do think the Willian was signed to hit the ground running and he looks like he's been playing in the Dutch League for, <laughs> for two seasons for you Anto- know. Ant- I was just about to say Antoine, Ajax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's, a
0: Smoking a pancake, uh, playing the Eurovision <laughs> show the weekend, and uh, we're all good.
2: He's uh, he he just doesn't he lo- he looks like he plays on the periphery a little bit too much. He doesn't feel like he's central, and I, I guess you know it takes time to settle into a new system. But it has been um, it hasn't been great so far, has it? Even though he yeah. had a couple of nice moments, it,
0: if he'd been here a season, we would have said he was hiding yesterday. Yeah. yeah,
2: did hit the bar, did hit the bar, but yeah, we we got to find out a way of um, of getting him to open up the game, and um, and finally, because it's the same argument every single week, where are we standing today? Should Ober play through the middle? Is that the future?
1: I think the system works well with him coming in, and um, and and look, he could have, he could have scored a couple of goals yesterday at Birmingham. On another day, he scores a hat trick. Because the pen he had the shot on his right foot which Lacquer set him up for and he had the one at the back post he could easily have got all three with his, with his quality
2: because he's not quite I know everyone says he plays on the left he's not like isolated on the left is he? he's,
0: no. not he's, plays, he's, he's not like he's up front right? <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Okay, all right. I think this whole playing through the middle things are just a, it's a it's bullshit uh, I probably think as much as Mikel Arteta is fed up of answering it, he's probably enjoying answering it because it means it takes the attention away from other things that he's trying to focus on. There we go.
2: Yeah. He he also said the other day, he was like, look where he goes. Nobody says he basically said nobody, nobody says over is it should play through the middle when he's scoring goals on the left. It's just, we have a couple of bad results and everybody goes back to it. He goes, the system's fine with, with him where he plays. I also think that, and I don't mean to be harshly critical about um, our best striker, but he's not as complete a forward as his price tag would suggest. Like, and I'm not saying that he's a limited player, but I don't, Ooh, yeah, I don't think he's physical. I don't think he holds the ball up particularly well. And I, 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 I don't know. I kind of feel like he's probably better off out on the left. I love him, but you know, he, he's not, he's no Robin Van Persie through the middle. You're shrugging your head, but I, I know yeah. that you agree.
1: No, he's he's not that player, but he's, he, he, he he's the biggest commodity in football His goals and he guarantees them.
2: So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, okay. All right. So I think, is there anything else while we're on the bad? I mean, we can put the kit well, I think from the good into the bad. I mean,
1: when are we, we going to just, I mean, we've got to talk about parte.
0: Vieira, right? He looked like Vieira. He's yes. He was absolutely
2: outstanding. Well, well, then, yeah, we should go back to the good. You guys scuttled over it on the spine. Let's talk about Thomas Passe. Is, is um, Thomas Passe, so um, if we get onto the ugly section, is Thomas Passe the beauty that allows us to be ugly? That's poetic.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, I just fucking love it. Isn't I mean, he a rose I mean,
2: Royce I mean, of, d- isn't uh, it, of isn't it,
1: There are those moments where you just feel like we've been saying to, <laughs> that we need to sign this guy for fifteen years, and Wenger just like fucking with us and just never, never making it happen. Um, and it's taken Arteta, you know, six months to bring him in um, because it's so fucking obvious. But um, but you know, he just having someone who can just someone big powerful who can move the ball quickly it's just it's, it's, it's brilliant
0: I put it simply would you have had 90 million pound from three seasons ago Paul were on your team yesterday would you have had Thomas Party on your team there's very clearly one answer
2: yeah and as we're in the ugly section I do think that this kind of ties in nicely I Arteta wearing all black yesterday with the jet black hair, looking much more Simeone than Pep Guardiola, like and bringing uh, a key part of a Simeone side, a player over to Arsenal and then beating in Man United in that way. I mean, we're, we're we're building Atleti versus a Manchester City over here, right? And I I think I quite like it right? Thomas Partey was just dominant yesterday. Absolutely dominant in that midfield and quite not, not creative. I wouldn't say creative, but he had a shot. Like he opens up play. Like he's a, he's such a classy midfielder.
1: I prefer to think of it as George Graham, honestly, because he's doing everything. He's, he's come in. He's changing the culture. Arsenal, when, when George Graham came in, hadn't won the league in 15 years. Um, You know, we're a complete mess. And a load of overpaid prima donnas, um, but some good youth. And um, and he came in, he changed the culture of the club. That's what Arteta's done. Uh, he's pro- he's prioritizing a lot of the youth, but giving them their chances to come through. I think, you know, it was encouraging to see Willock have a good performance and he could be pressing for a first team spot as well. Um, then we've got a variety of other players. And then, you know, he's building a winning mentality and, you know, putting the players together piece by piece. He's building from the back. Um, we've already got the best defensive record in the league. Um, we're getting rid of these pieces, like these uh you know, that that statistic about having not won at one of the big six away for so long is such a horrible statistic. And it's completely psychological. I mean, Crystal Palace have won like <laughs> eight times yes. against so it's not about ability, it's about your your it's about psychology and your mental your ability to, to mentally deal with those types of issues. And the fact that I mean he we've beaten everyone since he's come in We've in United, Liverpool, Chelsea, City. So, you know, we're on the right track. At the moment we're a cup team that's what we are because we just can't be consistent enough to do it every game but you know we're probably I think we're three signings away from being able to challenge for the league but that's three big signings that's probably two, a year and a half two years uh, two years really
0: it's hard to disagree with, uh, with some of that. I think that the real risk we've got is, I think you're right with talking players away, I, I think that the depth in the squad is imbalanced and needs addressing. And we've definitely got an issue that if we, if, if someone like Partey gets injured and we have one of the worst track records on injury, um, then I think, you know, we've, we've really got to think about what we're doing. But I'd like to, I'd like to think we can bring those players in or at least a couple will come through I thought Joe Willock was. I thought I genuinely thought after Thursday, he, there was a good chance he might get a starting place. And in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing, but wouldn't you have rather had him in the pitch instead of William, for example? You know, system changes slightly, but I think that's fair. I think the only two players we haven't mentioned, by the way, throughout all of this, um, and I think we haven't mentioned them for weeks because I think they're just doing their jobs brilliantly is. Um, oh, yeah, Teddy T- T- and Bellerin. Teddy T- T- and Bellerin. Like, have they put a foot wrong in the last this season, to be fair? I think Hector's missed a tackle that we gave him shit for.
1: Hecky V is planting trees. <laughs>
2: the, um, Hector Bellerin looks like he's got his pace back as well. Like he yeah. and he's driven. Um, you know, no, no doubt about that with Tierney. Um and he
1: looks like a top tier full bet right now. Yes. Just, yeah, without a doubt.
2: Without a yeah. doubt. He got four assists as well, Hector he one. He won the pen. Yeah, he won the pen. He won the pen. That's so that's that's so true. Um I think
0: that's perhaps another reason why we're calling for Ober to be in the middle, because we are playing with the flank so much rather than playing through the middle. And I think if you want someone on the end of a cross, it's probably him.
2: So oh so overall, we're in the ugly section and we're talking about beauty again. I knew that it was gonna be <laughs> difficult to talk about the, the ugliness, but I like uh I, I like the grit in the performances. Um, I like the, uh, uncoachable players are now proving that they, that they can be coached. And I love that we've gone from wanting to top ourselves last week to being all sunshine and smiles this week. And I think that that's the, uh, you know, another point I wanted to touch on. Like there's been a real whiplash from fans. And I think that, you know, Everybody wanted Wenger out. Everybody wanted Emery out because they weren't the right people for the job. But I think I'm 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 hoping that a win like that last week, Arsenal fans will start to realize that look, this project isn't going to be sorted in one year. I I would say that we probably need at least four top players before we can compete for the league. But I do think that we're capable of making the Champions League this year. Because my hope is that You know, we've seen Everton like they're they're going to be boom or bust all season, in my opinion. I I think Tottenham uh, could have the potential to be a boom and bust side this season. But I'm kind of hoping that Arsenal are going to continue to defend really well. I think we'll get some draws that we're not going to like. We'll lose some games that we don't like. But if we just keep on grinding out points... Um, I really think that we'll be in with a shout towards the end of the season. And I don't think this is going to be spectacular. I don't think we're going to have 20 game run of wins, but I'm convinced that we're going to be able to do enough because I feel like we almost treat every game like it's a cup game. I mean, every game feels big at the moment. I don't know about you, but every game feels big and I feel like the focus of the manager is that he treats every game like they're big. You know, there's no complacency going on. And if if we if we maintain that mentality with a solid base, I don't see any reason we can't make the top four this season.
1: Yeah, I think one one of the ugly things is the modern the modern fan phenomenon. Um, and, and look, we're all, we're all guilty of it, right? Um, you know, we go from we lurch from, you know, uh, even, even we. I get bored listening to ourselves after a win going, we're only a couple of players away from winning the league. And we all get sucked into hyperbole. Um,
0: and it must be. I think you're doing us a disservice sort of because we left last weekend, despite being responded. <laughs> we actually thought it was a blip. Most of us sat there. Well, actually, it's just the blip. We don't think there's a fundamental issue here. I think yeah. we, I think you're right. By the way, but well, well, I, I think, I think actually, we have short. Mem- I think we're short memories.
1: That you've actually it. just just reminded me of something, which I think is an important point, which is we'd stop caring under Emery. We didn't even care anymore. I mean, now, like, we. I'm getting WhatsApp messages going next Sunday. Who's around? You know, we've all got to get together and watch the Villa game because everyone's excited again about Arsenal. Whereas under Emery, it was just like, oh, God, I, I don't know if I can even be bothered to watch us play West Brom. I mean, it's going to be terrible.
0: It's such you know, a it's, no, it's, Matt, you're, you're right. Yesterday was one of the first times in recent memory, other than a cup final or something like that, where I was like, your voice did well today.
1: I was like, yeah, yeah did. it's great. It's yeah, great. It and, there's, and honestly, it's, someone stopped me who, who knows I'm a big Arsenal fan and started talking about the game. And it's just. It's been so long. I feel, I feel emotional because I've been I've, I've been starved. It's, the way I've been treated by Arsenal. Yeah, we've all got PTSD.
2: I I, I was on the edge of my seat. Was, this, this what I was engrossed in the game. I was like, oh, like making noise, and my stuff was yeah. like, I've never seen you like this before. And it's like not not that I've I've never not cared about Arsenal, but I've not been emotionally invested. In a game like I was, like, no, it's a whole collection of games under Arteta, but you feel like you're in every game. You're not waiting for that. Yeah, okay, but we know what's going to happen. It's all going to go to shit soon. Yeah.
1: Well, well, there was just such a period of time. How could he be emotionally invested in a group of f- people who gave you so little effort back? And it wasn't about talent, it was about effort. It was about endeavor. And there's always just a sense that no, they just didn't give a fuck. And now, that's changed, you know, and, you know, I've said to talk to think at the beginning about the dynamic between the players and the fans. And ironically at a time when there are no fans in stadiums, we're slowly building the bond back between players and fans again. I think that's a good thing. It's only a good thing.
2: You know, and there's, uh, there's also like when you talk about, modern fans or whatever. And I, I do think a lot of this shitty fan behavior that you're seeing across a lot of sports at the moment is induced partly by the pandemic. I mean, Matt, we were texted about, you know, there, there's some guy in advertising that lost his job because, well, you know, he says something online that he shouldn't have. And you were like, he's a victim of the pandemic. And you you, you, you everything seems more serious. You've got to have that fight on the internet because you, you get no releases in, in normal life. And um, after every game that we lose, last three games, there's a collection of people that come on my website specifically to go at me, like gloating, like, fuck you, we lost. (laughs) And it's like, and then, and then, and I'm like, okay, you know, you want to make me, if if I'm the first person that you want to come and talk to after we lose, that's, that's fine. But after the win, someone said, oh, yeah, okay, I'll let, you know, Pete's going to be gloating. I'm like, what? We're all gloating. We're all Arsenal fans. It doesn't matter what your opinion was before the game. It doesn't matter whether you like Arteta. There's no such thing as gloating to another Arsenal fan about beating United. But this sort of like perverse theater that we're in where, you know, people are so entrenched in their own opinions that they start to act like they don't even support the club, or they can't support the moment, or they can't support a team with a player in it, and it's like I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this bringing together is like it doesn't matter who plays. If we win, it's fucking great, and if we lose, let's not, let's yeah. not, you know. Well, I think I think, and I, I think like, get it. there's something about the belief because this is one of
1: my a favorite story of mine, which is you know a, a long time ago, maybe 20 years ago, there was, and I was talking to a, to a fan and. He'd been going for much longer than me. He's 20, 30 years older than me. And I was saying, Oh, I don't know if Arsenal, I don't think Arsenal are going to win today. as you know, when, you know, we haven't been playing well, they're, they're playing well against a big team. And he looked at me and he goes, Never, ever, ever underestimate the Arsenal. And today I was on a, and on, and on Sunday I was on a WhatsApp group. And someone said, oh, United are going to spank us. We'd been terrible, blah, blah, blah. We can't create... We couldn't hear Cal's backside, all this sort of stuff. And I just wrote, never, ever underestimate the Arsenal. And I think we're just getting that spirit back that to underestimate us would be a serious, serious error of judgment because we're back.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Because um, uh, a Spurs fan would say never underestimate Spurs' ability to disappoint. And you'd be like, yeah, I, I fucking agree. That is part of your culture. It's not Spanish really been...
0: 1961.
2: <laughs> exactly. It, it has not been part of Arsenal's culture, but it certainly felt like that. But, you know, to be honest, we've been so bad. It, we haven't even really got into positions to disappoint, um, which is even more depressing. But I feel like, we're, like fans just need to get behind the idea that... um you know, we haven't spent 200 million on our squad. It's definitely going to take, I I mean, if we get into the champions league next year, we should compete for the title the, the year after, but that's a big if. Um, but the, the, the thing that's been missing from Arsenal for 10, 10, 12 years for me is you never felt the club did the absolute maximum to ensure success. Wenger is on this fucking stupid book tour and he keeps on saying how much he hated losing, but he never addressed the problems. He never addressed, you know, maybe that he had too much power never addressed that there weren't enough opinions in the room. So he, he liked power more than he liked winning. And I feel like Arteta, he realized that we were shit at set pieces. So what's he going to do? He goes and hires a set piece coach. And we're not conceding from set pieces this season. He sees that we've got a lack of power in midfield. He signs a party to sit in there. He doesn't get tied up in some sort of weird philosophy where power doesn't matter after having success with power. Mm. So I do feel like Arsenal fans don't get... At, I, I Arsenal fans shouldn't get angry if we fail, but we do the right things to succeed because at least we're trying to progress and it might take a little bit longer than before. Whereas under Emery, you're like, you know, did you read the story that Emery had Thomas Partey at the table last summer and he chose to go with a winger. What sort of manager looked at that Arsenal side last season? <laughs> and when, you know what, you know what, this doesn't need Thomas Partey. It doesn't need him for 45 minutes. Well,
0: on. Arsene Wenger did that for 12 years. What was that? No, so no, but, the no, defensive no, midfield. No, but, oh, let's get a ticky taka player. That's, that's what we need. I, 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 we we it need was. But,
2: but at least, but Unai Emery was supposed to be the modern manager with the fresh approach that had won the Europa League. And he said, I, let's sanction either 72 million for Zaha or 72 million for Pepe. That's going to solve the problems. And it's like, I'm finally glad that, you know, we've got a manager and we've got Edu, you know, like let's give Edu praise. You know, he's, he's, he's helped bring these players in clarity of vision. We know where we're going and, and we know the pieces that we need. We might not get them all at once, but you're like, okay, well at least I know that we're going to get some good signings moving forward. So I've got a question, right? Do you think William
1: was uh, Arteta's signing? Because it feels like Gabriel and Partey I mean, well only because we like them because they're working out both of them. Do you think Willian was someone that Arteta was really keen to bring in, or is there like a is there a B C A D sort of feeling
2: of where where do we think the line is drawn in terms of the new that the new model and the old model? I was debating this in one of my WhatsApp groups earlier. I I don't think I I think that we've probably got to say that Willian was an Arteta signing. Um, I don't know because. I think that Arteta's his mind was like, if I get players that are ready made to hit the ground running, then we're in a better place. Um, yeah, he, I would blame the I contract.
0: on a Rabble. He can't, he can't fix every problem immediately. And therefore no. some of those is going to have to kick down the, the line. Uh, and by the way, I mean, you guys have been having a good chat here just to throw in my sort of two pence worth, but, uh, those people that come onto your website to say Pete's floating, go out, get some fucking friends, will you?
2: I said that to someone the other day. I was like, you need to get out if this is what, this is what you're doing. Do your friend, do your real friends know that you're doing this? Um, but yeah, the William thing, I think that we've, I would draw the line in the sand. Uh, Pablo Mari for three million. That's a, that's a Arturo Canales thing with Raul. I think Cedric is probably probably one of the signings where people at Arsenal were like, four-year deal, what the fuck's going on here? Um, but I think if we, if we draw the line in the sand and say that um, Runar, uh, Willian, Partey and Gabriel were the signings, at least you can see the logic in them. I wouldn't have given a 32-year-old a quarter of a million pound a week contract, but at least there's, there's sense
0: behind it to a certain degree, right? Yeah, you can justify it. You can completely justify it. I mean, whether you agree with the decision is totally different. Um, there's a lot of signings that we make I mean Jesus we've signed players that never fucking played for us before
2: well we signed a hundred million pounds worth of players in Thomas uh, in in Pepe and Saliba and neither of them are ready I mean it's it is a staggering waste of money for a club that I'm
0: going back to way worse I'm going back to way worse than that back in the dark days
2: oh you know Chris Karomia Got a press release. I
0: remember, the, I remember the day we signed Chris Kiwammi. Got a press release.
2: He, he, him and Glenn Helder.
0: Yeah, I remember so that I as well. Glenn Helder.
2: No YouTube uh, and, goals in this video then. And Hartson was that same window. Hartson was a not a terrible signing.
1: No, no, he did no. pretty good for us. Was he? <laughs> but imagine Arsenal, what we'd what, what you'd seen in the years preceding that, and then going little and large was Hartson and Kiwammi up top.
2: Yeah, I got a press release from Chris Kawamia the other day. I was like, wow. Not gonna for what? Not gonna, <laughs> I don't know. They I get these emails and it's like David Bentley has something to say about Arsenal. I'm like, I David Bentley fuck. can go fuck himself. Yeah, I yeah. really, really don't give a fuck. All right, guys. Um, I think that, that was a that was a great podcast. We've got Mulder um well, coming up to, as, as Thursday.
0: Ask everybody to pray for one one important thing. There's a rumor circling that we're gonna sign Dennis Bergkamp's son.
2: Please let it happen. Oh my yeah. God! he's got like it's his name, Mitchell Mitchell Burkham. There's,
0: like yeah. there's a goal
2: do, there's a gold doing the rounds on the on the internet. Very it's, good a, it's a it's a great it's a
1: great name. I'd, I'd take a Trump victory for that. Yeah. <laughs> also, if, I, Trump, I'll take Trump if you give me Mitchell Werkamp in the under fifteen. And, we, and
0: he lifts. <laughs> and he lifts the Premier League trophy. There we go. That. And if, I'll take. It. I'll take. I'd take,
2: I, I take Armageddon. I, I. You know what? I'd take Armageddon for and signing Jack Grealish, who we're oh. getting to see. What a what a dream of a player. He really
0: isn't. It? Oh, he's I've, got I've it said all. it for years. I've said it. I've said it in the last two seasons. I've watched him. But I think he's yeah. great terrific you, legs where, where unbelievable legs is he, he going to go United
2: well, I don't well, I don't think United are going to pick I don't think United are going to pick him up I think they've got too I many I think areas. United have
0: got to worry about relegation first given where
2: they are yeah. Where, do you, I, where who do you think Grealish would go to uh, Grealish says his favourite stadium to play at is the Arsenal um, really yeah, he said that on his Instagram stories. And I don't know, if we made the Champions it's got, it's League, got who Chelsea knows?
0: Chelsea written all over it, hasn't it? It's got Chelsea written all oh,
2: over it. Got up um, on and Jack Grealish next summer, and I'm dreaming of the title. <laughs> right? That's the hope. That's, <laughs> what, the hope. That's, that's what Joe Biden's talking about.
1: <laughs>
2: but with lacquer up front, right? Yeah.
1: What about make Arsenal great again?
2: Yes. All right, guys. Um, that was a, that was a fun right podcast. Copyright back now. <laughs> that i'm i'm copyrighting l energy as we speak
1: we, we need the red caps ash we need the red caps i'm on it
2: <laughs> Right, all right all right guys uh total pleasure as always um if you've been listening to this podcast and you've been wondering what sort of star rating to give the pod i'd say five um and say um say something other than that I told you to do it because I'm, I'm getting flagged for that. And they're going to kick me off the, off the platform. You can get this podcast, um, on Amazon. You can get it everywhere. Um, share it with your friends and have a fantastic weekend. Good luck America. If you're voting in the election, stay safe and we will be back next Monday with a fresh edition of the Arsenal opinion podcast. Thanks for listening, Matt.
0: Cheers, Pete. Thanks Ash has give it four stars cause Pete's a gloater. <laughs> <laughs> ciao. Ciao for now. This is Peacock. I love it.
2: Your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals—it's The Office. That's what she said. Chrisley knows best. It's gonna be Todd's way or the highway. And Peacock original shows like Funky Brewster, Holy Mac So whether you're in the mood for every live WWE pay-per-view or every episode of Law and Order SVU, Peacock's got you covered.
1: Peacock—watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Sports, social, podcast network.